0: Good morning, this is Denna Hornby and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today we're here with Nick Turner. Nick is the pastor at Monterey First Assembly of God. And Nick wants to share worship times with you. They meet in Monterey at 10 o'clock for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for worship. On Sunday nights, they come back at 6 o'clock for evening worship. And then at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, you can find them at Monterey First Assembly of God. And they would love to have you be a part of their group.
1: Introducing you to local church and community leaders the calling
0: thank you nick for being here this morning
1: it's good to be here with you this morning.
0: i'm so glad to have you here you know i i don't know a whole lot about you and i usually do a little uh, background search on my guests and try to learn a little bit more but tell us where you grew up
1: we actually grew up in a small community in overton county It's holly springs
0: holly springs yes that sounds like <laughs> something off the hallmark channel
1: <laughs> almost doesn't yeah. it yeah oh yes we uh We were very active when we were young. We were uh, on horseback the biggest part of the time that we were growing up. Oh, wow. Uh,
0: Did you have your own horse?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I started riding when I was probably 11, 12 years old, and uh, I continued up until uh, just a few months before I got married.
0: Oh, okay. What was your horse's name?
1: Well, I actually had three. My first one was Lucky.
0: Lucky. I love that.
1: And then I had a a Tennessee walking mare who was Lady's Little Gypsy.
0: Lady's Little Gypsy. Uh, yes. Lucky and Lady's Little Gypsy, okay.
1: all right, and uh, then the other one uh, was Queenie. She was just a little Shetland pony. Oh, when,
0: wow. Uh, Ponies are first... mean, aren't they? They are
1: mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so who did you enjoy riding the most?
1: Uh, Lady's Little Gypsy. Uh, How
0: did you name her Lady's Little Gypsy? Well,
1: actually, I had bought her from a friend of my dad's, and uh, she actually took the blue ribbon in the uh, Putnam County Horse Show in the fair. Wow. Uh, and we started working with her there. Her name was actually came through the uh, pedigree that she had.
0: My goodness. <laughs> what a fancy horse you had.
1: Uh, well, she was.
0: Yeah. 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 She was. So um, you stopped riding then when you got married? You yes. Did not have time.
1: Did not have time. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, about a year, year and a half before I got married, I, I met the Lord.
0: Uh, oh okay. we i was
1: a friend of mine had invited me to a uh, a youth group, and for me, I thought it was just a way of getting out of the house, you know mom and dad when you're seventeen, you're looking for any excuse to uh to get away from the house yeah
0: me girls <laughs> hang out with friends,
1: <laughs> yes, can do and anything do some stuff we'll probably not proud of and not uh not what we really wanted to do. You know everybody's got a history. <laughs> that's true. We don't
0: judge here on the calling. That's,
1: oh, that's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but now we uh we went to the youth group that night and uh got saved. Uh the Lord touched my heart and uh, it was with a uh select group of of young people that I had gone to school with. I uh, did not know that they were in church at the time, and uh, I was. that was in June of 1976.
0: Wow. Wow. So uh, when did you get married?
1: We actually got married in December of 78.
0: Oh, my so, goodness. So you've been married how many years now? I'm going to uh, let you do that math.
1: Okay. It'll be about 42 years come this Isn't December. Isn't that
0: wonderful? Okay, so tell us, what is the secret to being married 42 years
1: Let's, to the
0: same person? <laughs>
1: Listen to what your wife has to say.
0: <laughs> you know what? Listening is important in <laughs> every relationship.
1: No, the uh, the most important thing that we have found is keeping God in the center of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we started out that way, and the Lord—I'm not saying that we didn't have our rough times. Sure. But uh, the Lord has helped us through every situation that we have faced.
0: Tell us your lovely wife's name.
1: Our wife's name is Leela.
0: Leela. hmm <laughs> Good morning, Lila Lita. Turner. We're assuming she's listening to you this morning. I hope so. <laughs> so did you and Lila have children together?
1: We did. We have two sons. Our oldest son is Christopher Eric Turner, and our youngest son is Nathan Wayne Turner.
0: Okay, wonderful. Well, excellent. What uh, what was it like raising a couple of boys? Having boys in the house.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, busy. Interesting. Very busy. No wonder you didn't have time for horseback riding. (laughs) You were raising a couple of
1: boys. Right, we got them involved uh, early on in sports, uh, in t-ball, in little league. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Isn't it important to have kids involved in stuff like that? Because you can tell as an adult if a kid has never, if a child has never worked cooperatively as a team. Yes. It's important to learn to work with other people.
1: Very much so, Yeah. very much so.
0: Yeah, got to have that give and take, got to know when to pass the ball.
1: (laughs) That's true.
0: And to appreciate someone else's skills, too. Yes. What was the hardest thing about raising boys?
1: The hardest thing probably was directing them in the correct way. You know, we want want our children to to follow after our footsteps, uh, especially if our footsteps are guided by the Lord. But, you know, we have to realize that they have to make their own choices, and some of the hardest things that, that we faced was letting our sons go. Oh, letting is them hard. make their own choices. Yeah. Um, and
0: letting them fail.
1: Right. And that's, you know, that's one of the hardest things for a parent, that you know in the route they're going, they're going to fail at it. But there's nothing that you can do except for pray that the Lord catch them when they fall.
0: So what was the best thing about raising boys?
1: The greatest thing about raising them was watching their accomplishments, yeah you know in in several of the uh the activities that they'd done, they had won awards and medals and and stuff, and uh you know that's that's very soothing and comforting for the parent to see their children excel in what they're doing,
0: yeah, and you got to go to all those ball games oh yes, <laughs> it's always fun, always fun. games for what 20 years at least (laughs) i'm dana hornby you're listening to the calling we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with pastor nick turner i'm dana hornby and you're listening to the calling we're back this morning with reverend nick turner Nick is the pastor at Monterey First Assembly of God. Nick, tell us the address of your church in case people don't know where that
1: is. Please don't look it up on Google, because if you do, it's going to send you about three miles past where our church is at. Our church is actually located at 1050 North Chestnut Avenue. Most people put it in as 1050 Hanging Limb Highway, and uh, that shoots you out about three to four miles past our church. So okay. it's 1050 North Chestnut.
0: And they want to invite you to join them at 10 o'clock on Sundays for Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship, 6 o'clock for evening service, and 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Come join the good people at Monterey First Assembly of God. We want to talk to you a little bit now, Nick, about your calling. You mentioned something that's interesting to me. You, uh, you went to a youth group just to get out of the house and be with yes. friends, and, and you ended up encountering... God, Our there! Lord and Savior, How yes. in the world? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: We well, you know the uh, the youth group that was formed. Uh, it was in the uh, Bethlehem uh, Methodist Church, okay? There in Overton County, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a uh, a large group of young ladies that were there and young gentlemen, and they were playing volleyball a lot. They would come together, you know, Friday nights and play volleyball. And it was a good way to keep the kids off the street, and keep them out of trouble. And uh, I fell in with them and, of course, I always enjoyed playing volleyball, and uh, especially that the ladies were there. And <laughs> it's always <laughs> but, nice when it's a co-ed team. Uh, it, it is. It is. And, you know, the uh, the pastor at the time, Brother Kenneth Clayton, he, uh, he was very uh, active with the youth at that time, and uh, it just – Went from one thing to another, and we went in for a devotional that night, and the Lord touched my heart. I came to know Him, and you know, uh, it's grown better ever since.
0: How did how did you feel a calling into ministry? That's a pretty big step.
1: It is. Um, when we uh, when we left uh, the Bethlehem Church, we actually helped to build a church, and I was very active in the youth there. And my first step into ministry was actually song leading.
0: Oh, uh wow. I was
1: the song leader there for the church for about two to three years.
0: Do you still sing?
1: And, uh I hum a lot. You do? Okay. Right. <laughs> no, my wife does the biggest part of the singing. Gotcha. I, I enjoy listening to her. But I I help out when I when I need to. But uh no, we uh we started in uh in ministry, actually in song and then uh One night it was, uh, we had a a young man that was doing a song, and, um, at that time they wouldn't let him get on stage because his hair was too long. Oh, my. And, uh, the Lord impressed on me to say a few words, and that was really where my ministry started. Uh, and I was never one up to that point to get in front of a crowd, but God touched my heart, and it's, my heart has been with youth for several years, several years. After we'd done our first pastorate uh, in Jackson County, uh, we felt the call to come into Monterey. And we were actually the youth pastor there at Monterey for about 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, I love working with kids. I really do. And there's nothing better to me than teaching them the Word of God, because that's something that's going to stay with them the rest of their life.
0: They bury it in their hearts, they don't do. they? Yeah. And they then do. out of nowhere, it comes back. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I heard a uh, a televangelist, and I've been to see him a couple times, uh, Brother Morris Sorella. And when he would start his ministry, he said, "Take this and put it in your spirit. Take it and put it in your spirit, I love that. so that you know." And we never know when that we can use the word of the Lord. And as long as we study it and we've got it in our heart, then it's available.
0: Were you scared when you stepped up there that first time?
1: That first time, no, no. I really wasn't. The second time, I was scared to death.
0: <laughs> you had time to think about it That's the second it. time.
1: That's right. That's right. When you're preparing a message, of course, you want everything to come out the way that you want to think the Lord wants it to come out the way that you want to present it. And uh, when you've got time to think about it, you, you read into it all your failures and such. So.
0: So here you are, Pastor. Yes. Before you went to that youth group as a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up?
1: I was looking more at uh, the mechanic field, Yeah. uh, which in some way I did go that route. I was an industrial technician for several years, Uh, but uh, I always wanted to work with my hands. It really didn't matter what I was doing as long as that I was active and I was working with my hands.
0: Yeah. Well, you're still working with your hands, right? Because oh, if we, we do what we say, if we live how we believe, we're the hands and feet of Christ That's in the exactly world right. today. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nick, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. And Brother Nick would like to share a short devotional with us. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. We're back. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Denna Hornby, and we're here this morning with Nick Turner, who's the pastor at Monterey First Assembly of God. And Nick would like to share a motivational moment.
1: You know, this morning i like to read from the book of Psalms, actually the 121st Psalms. And it was a song of David, and David was looking where that his help comes from. David's help comes from exactly the same place that we get our help from, and that's from the Lord. Let's read uh, the just, just eight verses, so let's read that this morning. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord, The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Let me ask you this this morning while we've just read this. um, What do you think is the purpose of, the mountains in our lives you know a lot of times we want to take the mountains out the struggles that we have but let's look at one thing this morning if the mountains had been taken away from jesus's life where would we be if mount calvary wasn't there if the mount of olives wasn't there if the sermon on the mound you know when we take and we go through trials and we go through temptations you know it's to help improve us you know, we need to take and look at the mountains that we have in our lives. Access them is what they are. They're just another obstacle that we get over to, uh, to go to the Lord. Now think about this. If Jesus had wiped out all the mountains in his life, where would we be at? You know, Calvary was there, Mount Calvary. You know, I've stood before Mount Calvary and it's an awesome, awesome place, uh, the uh, garden of Gethsemane, we were lucky enough to go to Jerusalem last year. And, uh, you know, the, it's a very rugged and a very, very rocky place and a, and a mountainous place. But I think of one thing more than anything else. And that is Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor was the place of Jesus' ascension unto heaven. If that mountain had been taken out, where would we be at today? What could we look forward to? You know, the Lord has taken and he's climbed every mountain for us. The thing about it is that we need to realize that we don't have to do it alone. You know, the enemy wants to take and set us on a shelf and say, you're there doing it by yourself. Jesus' word says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And David looked and he said uh, in the first verse, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. You know, the Lord is lifted up on high. The only thing we have to do is call upon him, and he's there. He's always been there for us. A lot of times, as I said before, the enemy wants to tell us that we're isolated, that we're doing this all by ourselves. Hey, it's a mutual walk. It's a personal relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Does it mean that we won't fail? No. It doesn't mean we won't fail, but it means that we've got somebody there with us that helps us along the way. And, you know, when we're willing to ask, he's willing to forgive, and he's willing to set us back right on that path that we may have strayed from. And Jesus is there to help us. You know, when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, it was blessings. A lot of it was blessings, and it's always a blessing to set at the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ and to listen to him teach. And you know, in the Sermon on the Mound there was multiple thousands that were sitting around there. And it was it was a time that Jesus was able to share, you know, we need to come away and get out of this rat race that we're in now. Shove back from the things that the enemy is trying to overwhelm our mind with and take some time, you know, if it isn't more than just five or ten minutes a day, to sit down and to read God's Word and to look into the hill, look to the mountain of God that we can obtain that peace, that serenity that the Lord offers.
0: Thank you, Nick. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. We're back with The Calling this morning. We're here with Pastor Nick Turner. Nick is at Monterey First Assembly of God. And Nick, this is our last segment of the show. It's my favorite segment of the show um, because I get to ask you any question I want. And you have to answer it. Okay. So <laughs> before the show, I asked Nick if there are any, uh, any topics that are off limits. And he said, uh, no. Are there any of my answers that would be off limits? <laughs> so I, I think we're, we're in for a good segment here. Um, Nick, you do get a free pass. Or you can plead the fifth on one <laughs> if you would like. Okay. You know, either, either way. It doesn't matter. So, um, Nick... What is some of the best advice you've ever been given?
1: Some of the best advice that I've ever been given was from my dad. Uh, Dad always taught me to respect anyone that I was around, regardless of their position, whether they were the janitor or the CEO, they were the same. But uh, he also told me is never try to tell a man anything that knows it all because you're wasting your time.
0: (laughs) Man, that drives me nuts when somebody knows everything. It does. Yeah. How do you deal with that?
1: I give him my opinion and I go on. Okay. <laughs> That's another, uh, another good friend of mine gave me this advice. He said, you only have three kinds of problems, okay. period. Okay. You got one that you can solve by yourself. Get it done. Got it. You got the second one. That uh, you can solve, but you got to have help solving it. Yes. So get the help you need and get it taken care of. And then the third one that drives us crazy right up the wall is those that we can't do anything at all with. And what we have to do, if they want our opinion, give our opinion and go on. Yeah. Don't let it bother
0: you. Nothing you can do about it. Sometimes I find myself saying, huh, must be nice to be perfect. (laughs) And then I realized that's probably not the best response. Might be a little snarky.
1: Well, perfection is something we strive for. It doesn't mean we're going to attain it.
0: Must be nice to know everything. I'll come to you next time I'm confused. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. All right, Nick, let's see. When's the last time you've been pulled over by the police?
1: The last time was probably about three years ago.
0: Really? What'd you yes. do? Run a stop sign? No.
1: Seatbelt violation. <gasps> Seriously, man. Seriously. Wear your seatbelt, dude. <laughs> I do. I just had it off that morning. Most of the time, when uh-huh. I, that's the first thing I do when I get into a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd had it off that morning for something and forgot to put it back on. But the state trooper gave me a break. He asked me. He said, "Nick, he said, if you promise me you'll wear this, he said, I'm gonna let you go. He said, it's too close to Christmas." For you to get a ticket right now.
0: Oh, that was very gracious. And it
1: really was, and I've not failed buckling my seatbelt since. Good I've for you,
0: dude. Dude, <laughs> buckle up. That's true. First thing, everybody listening: if you're driving in your car and you don't have your seatbelt on, put it on now. Yes. Seatbelts save lives. Yes. That's true. Wonder how much that ticket would have been?
1: Sixty-two dollars. <laughs> and it was
0: right before Christmas. Right huh? before
1: Christmas. Yeah, that
0: hurts. That does
1: hurt. It would have.
0: That was very gracious.
1: Well, you know we we have got some awesome police uh, officials. Yes, we do. Thank officers. you we for your really
0: service have. and taking care of us. We Absolutely. appreciate every effort. We appreciate when you give us warning tickets. Yes. And not
1: and just because you have a bad experience with one, don't loop, don't lump everybody into the same category because they're not. There's some very gracious police officers.
0: We all have bad days. Absolutely. We're all just human. We all make mistakes.
1: They I'll face make- a lot of things that we don't have to.
0: You know, I'd rather not know. Absolutely. Ignorance really is bliss. They see a lot of the worst part of life. Yes. And so we owe them that debt of gratitude. Yeah. And our thanks. Absolutely. So thank you every state trooper every police officer we appreciate you so let me ask you this talking about um getting pulled over by the cops do you name your car this is question three no. you don't name your car you've never named a car
1: no really I do my motorcycle but.
0: oh you have a motorcycle do <laughs> oh, you Oh,
1: i've got two my, tell
0: us about your motorcycle
1: oh my wife and i have been riding for about eight, nine years now. Really? Somewhere.
0: So they're yes. his and hers?
1: Yes. Well I've got a uh a nineteen ninety nine Harley Davidson yes, uh, Ultra Classic. Nice. And my wife, we just got it for her this last summer, a uh nineteen ninety nine Ultra Classic Trike.
0: Wow. And
1: the really fun thing about it is that these bikes were produced in the same uh factory. And I bought mine in the early 2000s and there's only 600 miles difference oh you're kidding no i'm not that's (laughs) pretty cool and they both have the exact same paint scheme they're exactly the same color that's
0: awesome i had a guy
1: that asked me said did you have those custom painted i said no they came that way
0: that's amazing it really so where do you like to ride those harley davidson's
1: uh well we ride them up the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway. Oh, I bet We've that's We've been gorgeous. all the way up to Fancy Gap, Virginia. And we're planning a trip to uh, the Shenandoah Valley, hopefully this summer.
0: Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. That's great. So what's your Harley's name?
1: Uh, Ruby is mine. Ruby? <laughs>
0: <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> And uh, your wife, is there a name for her? Nah, she
1: just rides. <laughs> she okay. doesn't. She just, uh, actually, she likes to ride as much or more than what I do.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like the wind in your hair.
1: Well, the thing about it is you can be, uh, well, see, it was three year ago we were riding in the Harley Rally. And the particular ride that we'd taken with them is 450 bikes in that rally. Oh, wow. And you was in the middle of a crowd alone
0: wow now that
1: sounds like an oxymoron but but no uh, i could see no, that yeah it really is
0: you know the rumble of a harley is very distinctive i it, can't imagine 450 it's awesome that's amazing it, it is yeah.
1: i don't i don't know if the rally is going to be here in coogville again this year or not if it is i would invite anybody yeah. to come out and just listen to them start and leave on the rides
0: Yes, absolutely. If you're looking for a Harley riding preacher, you just found one because you got Pastor Nick on his Harley Ruby. So absolutely. That's awesome. Let's see, Nick, if you could have a superpower, what would your superpower be?
1: Mind reading. Oh, (laughs) really? You want to know all that? (laughs) At least I'd know what the next question would be.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that would be interesting, wouldn't
1: it? It really would.
0: You would hear people like saying, oh, wow, he looks great in that shirt today, or I cannot believe this guy
1: just said that. That's true. Wow.
0: You know, I've never had a guest to give me that answer, mind reading. That's yeah. awesome.
1: But, you know, uh, you might be able to, to help somebody if you could sure. read their mind, know what they're thinking, Absolutely. know which way direction they were going. Uh, you might be able to steer them back in a correct direction. Way.
0: Or you might run for your life. That's true.
1: He give would <laughs> give you an out to get away. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Okay, let's see. Last question. Nick, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, and you can't say Jesus because that's the preacher answer.
1: <laughs> okay. So
0: three people, dead or alive, who would you have dinner with?
1: Number one, probably President Trump. Okay. Number two, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, My third one is Charles Spurgeon
0: Well my goodness, there you go What a dinner party My heavens I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that conversation Well Nick, thank you for your time this morning You have been an absolute delight We want to remind our listeners That Nick is the pastor at Monterey First Assembly of God And you can find them Uh, Give them the address again It's
1: 1050 North Chestnut Avenue Monterey, Tennessee.
0: Yes, and, and and use your map like in the old days, because if you put it in your GPS, it'll take you to the wrong place. Yes. Um, but we want to invite you to worship with them at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for worship. And they come back on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, and they are there on Wednesday nights at 7 Nick, it's been a joy to talk to you this morning and to hear the story of your calling. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Each week, we'll introduce you to members of the community who have followed their call to serve. I'm Dana Hornby, and this has been The Calling.